What up, folks? What it do? Welcome to another episode of the Best Advice Ever podcast with your boy, Mike Goodwood. Bowtie, a.k.a. Bowtie comedy. I need to talk about the a.k.a. Bowtie comedy part. However, as I was starting the intro, I really thought about, man, I missed the opportunity to wear my Santa hat. Wanted to wear my Santa hat. Don't get too many opportunities to wear it in an appropriate time and manner where you don't look out of place. This would have been a great time because this is the week of Christmas. Merry Christmas. I'm a Christian. I celebrate Christmas. Merry Christmas. Now, whatever you celebrate, get your celebration on. Whatever you subscribe to, keep subscribing. If you happy Hanukkah, if you are Merry Kwanzaa, if you are doing whatever it is that you do, it keep doing your thing. But I, it's for me and my house, we over here rocking with Jesus and Christmas, right? Now, I typically start the podcast with it on the road, but I hadn't been on the road. I've been home. Interesting enough, this is a a time period where a year ago I was under siege by damage in the same place that I'm shooting this podcast. A year ago, we'd had a pipe to burst inside of our office. It was a catastrophe. It was it was bad. So a year later. There's no call. I mean, I got a call. We're watching NBA basketball. Man, I had just made an eight-hour drive from Cleveland because we had gotten snowed in. All the flights had been canceled. It was Christmas Eve, which was Saturday. Christmas was clearly on Sunday. And me and my boy, Tim Sharpshire, drove from Cleveland and then I dropped him off in Charlotte, and I brought it on to Columbia, South Carolina. So a year later, we don't have those issues. I haven't been on the road this year. And, and matter of fact, something that I didn't realize, I, I guess I do realize that I, I, I'm, I've been blessed. And I guess you can look at, I'm a flex. I'm going to give you a little small flex or flex. Because um, this has been great. Like what I've been able to create, what God has given me the ability to do with this comedy, this keynote speaking, this speaker training, coaching has been amazing. And so I've been able to not have to be on the road for New Year's Eve. Now that's for a comedian. There are a handful of days that if you're a comedian, especially a comedian that does black churches that you probably should be working somewhere, somehow. There's some days that like, Hey, if you're a good comedian, one of those days, I think the biggest day is new year's Eve service. Yeah. Cause in the African American church tradition or churches that have the majority of their membership, that are melanated something called watch night service now we have rebranded it renamed it call it new year's eve celebration it's watch night service now we can get into the details of what we were watching for but that the tradition of when people have a service going into the new year watch night service right and, and watch night service a new year's eve service is very significant to me personally 
because I get I rededicated my life to the Lord at a New Year's Eve service. So it's, it has a special, special place for me. And one of the things, if you're doing stand up and churches, New Year's Eve service, if you can't work on these days, then you you, you probably need to reevaluate what you got going on. New Year's Eve service is one. Anytime around Valentine's, like Valentine's Day, if you can't find yourself on a, a Valentine's Day banquet, dinner, something, you, you're shooting bad out here. Mother's Day, pretty, pretty, pretty easy to get booked. Mother's Day. Um, Father's Day, ugh. sometimes, sometimes, but, but. It's not as certain as Mother's Day and Christmas. If you, if you if you go through the whole month of December and nobody had you at a Christmas party, a Christmas gala, a Christmas banquet, hey man, you need to take a look at what you got going on. Well, I have had the ability outside of uh, doing New Year's Eve at my church a couple of years ago to not have to work on New Year's Eve. Like, and if I if I if I am going to work on a new year, if I'm going to do comedy on a new year's Eve night, it's going to be the type of thing where people said, Oh, they made me an offer. I couldn't resist. Right. They made me an offer. I just couldn't refuse. That's what's going to get me out. Cause it's a lot. It's a lot. Typically it's late. <laughs> it's far later than when I typically do stand up. Even if you were, if, if I was, you know, doing shows at the club, which I'm on the junior varsity scale right now, I'm on the junior varsity schedule. So they got me on Friday. They got me on Saturday, not Saturdays. Well, Saturdays at four o'clock. They got me on Sundays and Thursdays. That's the junior varsity. When you get on the varsity, they'll get you on Friday and Saturday nights, Sunday nights. Right now, I'm, at, I'm, on, I'm on Saturdays at 4 o'clock. I'm at the Matin Day. <laughs> I'm at the supper crowd, right? But typically, let's say if you were going to see a, a notable comedian at a club, they're going to have a 7 and a 9 o'clock. Then they may have, again, for New Year's, they, there are some adjustments. It may be a late show. But typically, my good one is not doing stand-up that late on, on average. So when you're doing a New Year's Eve service, you you probably doing stand up around 10 30, 11 o'clock. I just I just would rather not be doing that at that time of night, right? <laughs> I just would rather be sitting watching somebody else do it. And not only is it late when you're performing, then the service goes until typically well after 12. And and when you're a performer, when you're somewhere being hosted by someone you know they might have breakfast afterward i mean I've, I've done new year's eve services and they've had a breakfast afterwards so i'm just over at the church i mean i could ask somebody hey could you take me back to the hotel it's one o'clock in the morning and typically the way i roll my flight is gonna be leaving at about five o'clock in the morning so i i i, I skedaddle back to the room i get about three hours sleep four hours sleep and then I'm making my way to the hotel, making my way downtown chasing right and I'm doing the dance through the airport 
you know, whatever day that is. So this this week or this year, New Year's Eve is going to be on a Sunday. So Monday, you're kind of making your way through the airport. And I'm home because I live in Columbia, South Carolina. We have direct flights on average. So I'm home by 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock that Monday morning. When I've been up all night, I would probably prefer to stay in the bed a little longer and sleep. So it's my preference not to work on New Year's Eve. And I have been able to do that. I just recently talked to a comedian friend of mine and he was really kind of like, whoa, like, why are you not out? And I, it just solidifies to me, I'm different, man. I just don't, don't do what everybody else do. I just don't do what everybody else do. So this year, I'm looking forward to our New Year's Eve service at my church where I can leave and get in my bed and see the new year in with my wife, my family, right? Also, I want to talk a little bit about this probate situation because I've been on the road with that. Uh, I beseech you, my dear brother and sister, and take care of your business affairs before you transition from this earth. If you have a favorite pair of socks, take a notebook paper, and write, hey, I leave these socks to Johnny Earl and go get it notarized, get it signed. Get, get Number one, get a will. Like, get the legit stuff. Get your will, your state, your fares in order. But if you don't do that, just get you a notebook and write the things that you have and who you want them to go to. And I don't, notary seems like a good legal document, but I may be incorrect. So y'all can correct me on how to create a legal document that's not necessarily a will but man i'm out here attending to the fairs of my father my father did not attend to the fairs for himself right and i was talking to a friend of mine and he had death lost in his family and i was like what the way it should happen is you're a little sad then you're a little glad if somebody passed in your life and I'm talking about that significantly close, like a parent, a grandparent, uh, a spouse, someone that, you know, has a direct connection to you. You should be a little sad. You're not a little sad. You should be grieving. You should be mourning. You should be sad. But then you should be glad at some point because they were diligent in their affairs and they were able to give you something monetarily. So this person was telling me that uh, his grandmother passed and then they sold the home and the home sold for double the cost of what she bought it for. I'm sad when I lost my grandma. I'm sad, grieving. Miss my grandma. She's no longer here. I'm a little glad because now we got this significant check that we can split in thirds and halves or however we do it, right? And that's, I think that should be the case, right? You shouldn't be sad, sad like me. I'm sad, sad. I'm sad that I lost my father and that he's no longer with us. And now I'm sad that I'm of t- taking care of affairs that he did not attend to. So people take care of your business affairs. What, like... Put add people to your uh, bank accounts, your insurance account. Like, I'm down bad too. Like, 
nothing like that. Now, now what I will say, my father did leave um, some finances that were able to cover his funeral and that will be um, helpful to my mother and, and, and my brother, sister and I, in some degree, like we, we're not, we're not in a negative yet because there's still a home that we haven't figured out that part of, but we're not in the negative. So, I'm still sad, sad, because there's no direction. There's no, this is what my will, this is what I would desire. Because there are things, there are things in the house. Um, and we just have no direction or guidance. And I just think that it, it's very important for the life that you live at some point. Like, I know things happen to people and they, you know, there's a, they come in as accident. One day you're doing very well. And then the next day you're, you're not the person that you once was like when you are doing well, when your mind is sound and you're, you're in a good space, get the stuff taken care of. At least the preliminary, at least start having a, a template, an outline of something that gives um, folks some direction of what you want, how you want your belongings and your, your affairs to be distributed and, or, you know, whether you want it donated, you want it gifted, like handle your business, people. Handle your business. All right, all right, all right. Let me get out of that. Let me get out of that. This is the part of the podcast we all been waiting for. This is the best advice ever podcast. And I'm going to give you what I think is the best advice. Now, this is something that's personal to me. A lot of times I give the advice and it's things I'm thinking about. You know, I, I typically, the way that I, I what gave me the motivation for doing this podcast, I wanted to have something in between me doing my stand-up and me doing social media, something a little bit more. And the point of view, the POV, the, the, the perspective I try to give is from a dad. You know, I'm, I'm a grown man out here, grown black man out here. And I have two children. I have a wife. I've been married for 23 years. I have some significant skin in the game as it relates to marriage and family so I'll, I'll try to speak from a perspective of if not a father a mentor a tour guide someone a sage advisor that hey man let me see what this brother talking about and hopefully i'll provide you with something a little valuable right well this touches me personally because I, I just found this book somebody give me a book for christmas oh, incredible book and i'm not all the way clear on the title so let me pull the title up because i don't want to be i don't want because this book led me to another book and i was like oh okay this book was dope and there was another book that i was mind i knew about but i had never read so the book that i was gifted is 101 essays that will change the way you think by brianna west right so that book was like yo incredible it really i'm not even very i'm not very far into it and it's already changing the way that i think right but one of the books that it was mentioned that mentioned was the book called uh the obstacle is the way the obstacle is the way which i I've, I've seen the cover and i've might even heard people talk about it so that that book led me to that book so i went and got the audio version of that book which a buddy of mine thinks is not reading when you listen to books <laughs> so i went and got the audio version audible version of the obstacle is the way and that's the day's best advice ever 
the obstacle is the way. And and this is personal for me because I'm consistent in being thwarted by obstacles. Like I, I'm I'm smooth sailing. I got a plan. I I you know I, I strategize. And one obstacle sh- shows up, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's no problem. But when I keep encountering obstacles, I'm discouraged. It, it it throws me off my track. It doesn't. I don't. I'm not as, especially within the last probably ten years, I'm not as resilient as I once was. I was talking to my wife about that recently, and. Coming from the background that I came from, then when I joined the military, I went to college. Back in my early, early days, or when I was a younger man, I had no options. <laughs> I had no options, right? When I joined the Army, I didn't have options. Like, and, and when I say I didn't have options, I could have joined the Army. I could have joined the Air Force. I could have joined the Marines. I could have joined the Navy, right? I had those options. Or I could have stayed in Camden. Like, But in terms of, Oh, I'll go to college. I'll uh, do a gap year and sit out for a year. I'll go work for my uncle at his business. I'll go travel Europe. I, I didn't have those options. I basically was like, stay in Camden or get out of Camden. Like th- those were the options. So, okay, get out of Camden. How do you do that? You can go to college for a semester, not have the money. Then you're back in Camden. So I'm like, oh, don't want to do that. Uh, I wasn't in the case of a place where it was like job core or any of those kind of vocational opportunities. They didn't make sense to me. I I'd graduated. I had my degree. So it wasn't not my degree, my diploma. So it wasn't like I needed to go somewhere to get a GED, learn a trade. So th- that wasn't a great option. Join the army. Okay, let's join the army. So that's what I did. I looked at the choices. I I, I literally I did evaluate the Marines for for a minute, um, but I joined the army. And, I, and I've told a story about they had the GI Bill and Montgomery College Fund, which gave me at that time I chose four years. It gave me thirty thousand dollars for college uh, tuition money, which now you can spend that in a semester, <laughs> definitely in a year. But I had four years to serve to get $30,000, which typically I think my degree might've cost me 28,000 when it was all said and done. Um, so, so I, I was on the plus side, right? So I had to join the military. So when I went into the army, the army was hard. Basic training was hard. The drift songs were yelling. We had to get up early and it was all the difficulties. I went to Korea. It was cold. It was hard. I was the youngest and I was born with a bunch of grown men and I missed my family. But guess what? I had no other options. Like if I didn't make it through basic, what was I going to do? Go back to Camden. Now I'm back at the same spot I was in from the start. Like there was no option. So I could not not succeed. I had to succeed. I had to be resilient. I had to persevere. The obstacle was the way. Like I had to go this direction because there was no other direction. I get the lander. I got to get a degree. I'm not going back to the army full time. I'm not going back to Camden. So the direction I'm, I need to go forward. I can't go back this way. I've been that way. I need to go forward. So I was even, there was a, like my Spanish class put me in a spot where I was like, yo, 
I gotta I gotta graduate, man. I gotta make well enough on this exam to get out of this to graduate. I mean, it was I was in a very dangerous spot. I think at one I need to go back and get my get my transcript, but I know at some point, like my last semester in college, I might have had 18 hours. Like I had some ridiculous amount of hours. I was married, I was in ROTC, I was in reserve. Like I just was like. The obstacle is the way. Like, I have no other choice but to take 18 hours because this is the amount of hours I need to graduate. Like, there's no options. So when I'm in a situation with no options, I'm going to flourish because it's only one thing for me. People talk about the backup plan. I have a backup plan. All my eggs was in one basket. So then I graduated from college and I went to graduate school. Same thing. I had to get that degree. Now, later in life now where I'm like, oh, I want to write a book. I want to start this speaker's training. I want to do a TED Talk. Those are options. And I'm not persevering. I'm not as resilient. I should have been written a book. And I, I hate using the word should. I'm writing a book for 10 years now. But I have options. Cause I can do stand up, like I do stand up. If I keep doing stand up and I keep doing stand up at a high level and doing well, I will be successful. Will I be as successful as I ultimately could be? Have, have I, have, if I execute these other plans and ideas that I have, I won't. But I have options now. Back when before, so it's not. I don't think that I'm less resilient. I don't mean need to reevaluate that. I don't know if I'm less resilient. I just didn't have options back then. Maybe if I had options, I may have not gone into the military. If I had the ability to go to college right out of high school and to know that it would be fully funded, I probably would have done that. So I'm not this cyborg, this, this machine that just achieves, right? But that did set me on a path of like, when you have no options, you must. You must execute. You must deliver. You must win. So now I simply have to remind myself that I have the stuff. So when I'm having a difficulty of being consistent with my podcast or being consistent, writing a chapter in my book, whatever, like I got to look back at my past and say, yeah, man, when you didn't have options, you made it happen. Let's now let's make it happen with options. So the obstacle is the way. Again, I, I want to encourage you that if, if something's uh, in your way, yeah, go through it. There's a there's a you know popular thing saying that people say when you go through hell, keep going, don't stop. And it's recently happened to me. It happens a lot now. But now the lights on, like, oh, the obstacle is the way. I, like I, I've got to record content, so I come to this office and I, I recorded content one day. I was working and I had a, a set amount of time, and then I went to the bathroom. And the pipe didn't burst, but I think there was a frozen line. And so the water wasn't working in the bathroom. And I'm not, now I got to make calls to some handy folks that, that work, that have, I have do some work for me. And it took away from the time that I should have been producing my content. I should have been producing the things that I started. But because I didn't give myself any cushion, I'm a little just frustrated. I'm a little upset. Same thing. This past, you know, this past year, I was I was cooking, man. From like, from like May to September, I lost twenty something pounds, man. I was on my game. I was, I was, I was grooving, man. I, I was getting my body right. I was doing the things, eating a particular way. My pops died 
Put me in a little bit of a tailspin, 10 pounds back on, bam. Instead of saying, oh, this is very difficult. This is very challenging. Don't use food as a comfort. Don't, you know, revert back to poor, uh, poor behaviors and bad, uh, bad habits. Let's, let's, the obstacles the way. Let's, oh yeah, life's going to throw you some difficulty. Let's figure out how to stay on our track, on our path, on our routine when there's difficulty, when it's easy to not be on. So the obstacles the way, and that I, I want to beseech you. I want to admonish. I want us. To, I want you to say, if you are like me, if you're a person like me, and and things pop up and it, it, it knocks the wind out of your sails and gets you a little discouraged and you kind of slow down your pace. Don't do it. Don't slow your pace down. Like you're on the right path. The obstacle is the way. If something comes and hits you and knocks a little bit of wind out your sail, take a break, regather yourself and say, oh, I must be getting to where I'm supposed to get because it's getting harder. It's getting more difficult. Sometimes I, I have been of the opinion that when I got closer to things and it got harder, it was like, oh, maybe that's not what I should be doing. And that's, that's not correct. So the, the the obstacle is the way. And that's the best advice ever. Trying to, trying to do my best to keep this under 30 minutes. So I'm going to share with y'all my top five Christmas songs. I did two uh, YouTube videos. I would love for y'all to go check them out. I did one. The top five Christmas songs that I enjoy singing. Then the top five Christmas songs that I love to hear. Um, and I would love to hear what are your top Christmas songs. Uh, we'll start with we'll start with the ones that I love to hear. I love to hear. I love to hear Silent Night. That's my number one song. This Christmas by Donny Hathaway. That's number two. The Christmas song, Nat King, Nat King Cole. Now, on YouTube, I have a little bit more definition, you know, and I, I count up. I count up, so I don't just give it away. I just gave it away. Number four is the most wonderful time of the year. And number five is Christmas in Holland. Run DMC, right? And then the, the songs I like to sing. These are my favorite top five songs I like to sing. I, I, I came up with more than five because I had two ties. But the first one is, is Jingle Bells. I, lo- I love saying Jingle Bells. Number two is Rudolph. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Number two is Rudolph. Number three is Frosty. Frosty the Snowman. Love singing Frosty the Snowman. Now I had a tied number four. Number four had Santa Claus is coming to town. And then the 12 Days of Christmas. I love singing the 12 Days of Christmas. Five golden rings. I love the countdown. In cadence, uh, when, we, when you march, we used to do this cadence. There's a hole, there's a hole. There's a hole in the bottom of the sea. And so you, you, you say that. There's a hole, there's a hole, there's a hole in the bottom of the sea. And then they're like, there's a frog, there's a frog. There's a frog in the bottom of the sea. There's a frog in a hole in a hole in a hole in a hole in the bottom of the sea. I, I messed it up. I messed it up. But you, they start with a hole in the bottom of the sea. Oh, yeah. There's a hole in the bottom of the sea. There's a log, there's a log. There's a log in the bottom of the sea. There's a log in the hog, log in the bottom of the sea. Oh, I got to go back. I, I, I messed that all up. But I like, 
and you keep adding things. There's a frog on the nod, on the nod, on the log, and the log in the bottom of the seat. Okay, I'm starting to get it. It's been years. Come on, give me give me some little grace there, people. But it it starts yeah. The hole, this hole, this hole in the bottom of the sea. There's a log. There's a log. There's a log in the bottom of the sea. There's a log in the hole in the hole in the bottom of the sea. There's a knot. There's a knot. There's a knot on the bottom of the sea. There's a knot on the log and the log in the hole and the hole in the bottom of the sea. There we go. And so we just keep adding things. There's a frog. There's a frog. There's a frog in the bottom of the sea. There's a frog on the knot and the knot on the log and the log and the hole and the hole in the bottom of the sea. All right. I know I had it somewhere in there. But yeah, I love that. I love like keep. There's a frog, then there's a fly on the frog, and then there's all that. You just keep adding pieces. That's what I love about the uh, 12 days of Christmas. And number five is another tie is uh, Deck the Halls. And Felice Navidad. Felice Navidad. Uh, 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 uh. So those are my five. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. Those are my five. So what are your top five songs to hear? And top five songs to sing. Man, thank y'all again for checking in. This holiday edition of the Best Advice Ever podcast, man. I do all the things. Like, subscribe, um, tell people about it. Also, go to MikeGoodwin.com. The Big Dad Energy Tour will be starting back up in Tampa, Florida. January the 6th is one of those JV times. I'm a Saturday at 4 o'clock. <laughs> it's the Tampa Improv or the Tampa Funny Bone. I think they're changing the name. I'll be in Kansas City in February. I'm coming to Marietta, Georgia. We have Nashville. Got Zanies on the, on the, on the list. Uh, Huntsville, which is stand-up live. I'll be in uh, Zanies in Chicago. It's going down, people. The Big Dad Energy Tour. Man, thank y'all so much for riding with me, and I'll see you next week. Same bat channel, same bat place. You could be anywhere in the world, but you're here with me, and I appreciate it. Peace. <laughs>